Brought to you by Dubois Productions. Hello and welcome back to NO and JB Sports Pedigree. We're back to provide insight on a wide variety of sports topics from NBA hoops, Major League Baseball, NFL, Champions League soccer, and anywhere in between. Our goal is not only to give you some perspective and some real honest opinion, but we're going to have some fun while we do it. And we want you to have fun right along with us, so hope you do. Uh, let's not waste any more time, and let's dig right in. I am JB. And I am your co-host of the show, In to the Izzle. <laughs> you know, I, I guess, how are you doing I guess today? Izzle, I guess Izzle means O in this case. I'm doing good, man. How you doing? <laughs> it does. What a... Uh, Whew, man, another good week going on, and um, of course. it's time to get back at the top five and really to finish off the uh, finish it off for the the third of the three major sports of all time all time. JB, it's a big deal. Got that right, got that right field position, man. Right field, and you know, right field. A lot of times you think of um, defensively, you think of like uh, guys with real strong arms when you think defense, but for me, this is maybe. <sighs> This was one that was like so open for me. So I, I feel like we're gonna have a lot of, quite a few differences potentially. And mm, okay. I feel like I could have went a lot of different ways. There's honestly probably nine or 10 guys that I feel like I really could is. have had on my list. So No doubt, no doubt. Go ahead and jump it off for us then, JB, All since right. you're so well, excited about it. We will kick it off. And uh, if you'll remind me at the end, and maybe maybe you might have some of the guys that I have as honorable mentions, so we'll see. But of course, of course, uh, the number five guy on my list is Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. And <laughs> you know, the real reason that I couldn't leave him off my list was because of that. Um, you know, <laughs> wasn't the I'll great? Let, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you know in a bit why I'm laughing. All right, wasn't the. The greatest, you know, you would say hitter by, you know, by the definition of um, contact. <laughs> but uh, he played from 67 to 87, mainly with the A's and the Yankees. Six foot, 195 pounds. He's, he was smaller than I thought he was. Um, for his career, he batted 262. He had 563 home runs and over 1,700 ribbies. So pretty stout stats there. Uh, he did have an MVP in 1973. He led the league in runs twice, homers four times, RBI once, slugging three times, OPS twice. He had over 150 hits six times, 30 home runs seven times, 100 ribbies six times, and double-digit steals ten times, so a little bit of speed. Overall career OPS 846, not as high as some of the other guys on my list, um, but again, the prowess in the postseason really sets him apart, in my opinion. All righty, JB. Mm. My number five right fielder of all time, the reason I was laughing earlier is because not only do I have the same person as you, but it's literally for the exact Seriously? same reason. Wow. Because he was Mr. October. As we we all know that Reggie Reggie Jackson struck out a lot, right? He, he didn't have the highest batting average overall during a regular season. And regular season-wise, he had that one MVP season you know, but other than that, he wasn't like the top player out there. But in right. October, goodness gracious, arguably the best postseason hitter uh, with the most postseason hits mm-hmm. on this list. You know, won two World Series MVPs, one World Series with the Oakland A's and the New York Yankees. You know, yes, sir. in the in the 1977 World Series, hit the five home runs, three 
in three consecutive pitches in Game Six. <laughs> it's crazy, bro. <laughs> you, you can't you can't leave you can't leave Reggie Jackson off the list. The won the MVP in 1973. Um, you pretty much hit on all the other stats. Didn't didn't become a 3,000 uh, hit player, you know. But uh, what he did in the playoffs. <sighs> Sometimes we use the word clutch pretty loosely, but yep. you got to consider this guy clutch based off what he did, Absolutely. man, just because he did it every time he went to the postseason. Reggie Jackson, number five on my list. Yep, he's one of those. It's like the I think maybe the difference is that he didn't allow the moment to change his approach or anything. He just it was another bat, you know. Right. Right. All right. So why don't you you want to give us your number four here? Let's go back and forth. yeah, we'll go ahead and do that, JB. My number four right fielder of all time is none other than. Uh, the Puerto Rican Roberto Clemente. <laughs> okay. 317 career average, 240 home runs. So not like a crazy number of home runs. Right. 1,305 RBIs, but he did hit 3,000 hits. I think right exactly. on the dot, right? Yep. Yeah, won 12 consecutive Gold Glove Awards, and that's what he was really known for. Like, he got it done on defense. 12 consecutive. You know, uh, he won the yeah. 1966 MVP award and led the Pirates to two championships mm -hmm. kind of far apart too right 1960 and 1971 you know but what made roberto clemente as incredible as he was was his humanitarian and philanthropical greatness go. right <laughs> yeah there's an award named <laughs> after him which they're it really is out. man you know he did so much down in puerto rico and and just worldwide unfortunately he was taken from us at a very young age i think he died at 38 man if yeah, i'm not mistaken he was flying down there to to help flying back and forth man and man it was crazy man roberto clemente man great player and great human being Absolutely. one of the best human beings in major league baseball history yep and you know i won't say that um i typically would you know i'm not gonna have a person on my list because they're a great person but it certainly right. doesn't it doesn't help hurt that he was and that's why he's number four on my list too man wow um you talk about defense and there's some highlights that you can watch of the the arm that this guy had and he was only 511 175 pounds you you mentioned not the greatest power hitter certainly um but had a rocket for an arm could run didn't steal as many bases as you would think for the type of speed that he had um but just to share some stats as I always do um, you know, he played from 55 to 72. He led the league in hits twice, triples once, and batting average four times. And uh, he had 150 hits 10 different times. He had over 200 hits four times. Um, just great baseball hitter. He had double-digit triples 10 times and batted over 313 times in his career, ending wow. with an 834 OPS. Um, really... Probably of um, players that I didn't actually get to watch with my own two eyes. He's definitely my favorite. Um, actually got his jersey hanging up in the closet. So even though he was a pirate, love Roberto Clemente. So he's my number four. All right, JB, go ahead with number three. I I'll go ahead to my number three. And my number three may be my all-time favorite player in baseball. And it's Vlad the Impaler. Vladimir mm. Guerrero mm -hmm. may be one of the most underrated. Um, if you go online, which I do, um, when I make these lists, I get information and I gather and I look at other people's thoughts and opinions kind of just to get their perspective. And he's not nearly as highly rated on any of these lists that you look at as he should be. Uh, you want to talk about a guy who 
could play, could do everything on the baseball field and hit everything. Um, there's videos of him hitting balls that bounce in the dirt after they bounce and ripping them off the wall. Um, <laughs> and you talk about exit velocity off of his bat. This guy, everything he hit, he hit hard. Um, and defensively, again, just a rocket for an arm. Cannon, this and, and he's built like a linebacker, 6'3", 235, played from 1996 to 2011. He batted 318 for his career, which that surprised me uh, when I saw because I think of him as more of a power hitter, and I think most people would, but he could hit for average. Uh, 449 homers, just shy of 1,500 ribbies. Um, he had 150 hits 12 times. He also hit over 200 hits four times. 30 doubles nine times, 30 home runs eight times, 100 RBIs 10 times. Um, he had, and then he hit over 313 times, including 12 seasons in a row, over a thousand OPS three times, and a 931 OPS for his career. Which remember that standard, that line of like 900 and above for OPS is just phenomenal. Um, is, yeah. Again, the era that he played in, I think he's overshadowed a lot. You never heard anything about him regarding any type of performance enhancing because he came in as a kid and he was just a big dude, you know. Um, he had a couple of seasons too, not to continue too long, but I love this guy. Uh, he stole 37 bases in a season and 40 in another. Uh, and if you look at really the peak of his career was 1998 to 2008. Uh, he had one year that he was injured in there. So you take that out for 10 seasons. Um, you could count on a 324 batting average with 36 homers and 106 RBIs. Mm. So Vlad's my number three. There you go. Hey, that's good stuff. I definitely didn't have Vlad on my list. He was I he been he probably not. in the seven or eight range on my list, along with a couple other guys. But after hearing that, man... JB, you kind of sold me on Vlad being in the top five well, thank you. to an extent. But my number three right fielder of all time is none other than the former Cincinnati Red Frank Robinson, mm. among other teams. Uh, 294 career average in 21 years. Mm -hmm. The guy who hit 586 home runs, 1,812 RBIs, 2,943 hits. Just so under close. the 3,000 hit plateau. Just under. But he was a two-time MVP winner. He and was. He also won the triple crown. You know, and when guys win a triple crown, man, you know that kind of sets them in a league of their own, right? Uh, 1966, right? When he won the AL MVP, he won it in both leagues, by the way. He hit 49 home runs mm. at 122 RBIs, and it's just incredible stats. He won one Gold Glove. 1958 you know obviously two-time world series champion 1966 and 1970 he had his jersey retired by cincinnati baltimore and cleveland that number mm. 20 was retired by all three of these teams which shows you the longevity of his greatness and just knowing that he played for 21 seasons playing for all of these teams was incredible 6-1 you know uh not a super huge guy either no, he got, wasn't. A, uh, got 185 pounds but uh, Frank Robinson, man, he did so much on the baseball field. Um, incredible player. Extra base hits all over the place. You know, he was a monster, man. That's Total bases. Got it done in every which way you could possibly think of. Well, 
that's great and uh i'm just gonna jump on jump on the bandwagon because he's number two on my list so rather than uh reiterate later um yeah six one buck 83 this kind of this is like the beginning for me of like the reds being dumb um because they kind of uh from what i've been told from you know my grandfather you know being around and watching him like they kind of didn't appreciate him while they had him and yeah. of course they trade him away in the next year he he, he wins the triple crown or uh, hits yeah, the triple crown the so first, first um, year in baltimore yeah. yeah um he led the league in runs three times as well doubles once homers rbi and average that one year um also slugging in all ops four different times he has scored 100 runs eight times 150 hits nine times 30 doubles seven times 30 home runs 11 times talk about consistency 100 ribbies six times and he had some speed man he had 10 seasons of uh double digit stolen bases and four times over a thousand ops 926 ops for his career as you mentioned um just a consistently solid power hitting and you know average hitting player you know one of the greatest to ever do it frank robinson frank robinson jb who you got for uh, number two there buddy that is good stuff. I'll go ahead and go back and forth, number two and number okay, one. Please do. You know, very, very comparable players stat-wise. I mean, you could probably guess who both of these players are, statistically speaking. They're, they're players that most people would put at number one and number two. We're talking about the Babe and the Hank. <laughs> <laughs> Babe Ruth and uh, Henry Hank. Hammer Aaron. and Hank. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a 342 career average for Babe Ruth, 474 on base percentage, 714 home runs, 2,217 RBIs. You know, he was like the guy that they said saved baseball way back in the day. Yep. Um, way back in the day. We're talking about 1923 MVP award, which I'm going to be honest with y'all. I almost didn't put him on my list because of, we know how I am about those old school players in the era that they play in. I almost didn't have him on. Mm-hmm. But for nostalgia's sake and for what he did for the game's sake, I put him on there because he is a huge name. And, you know, people who don't even play baseball, they're going to, you know, understand. They're going to know who Babe Ruth is. Sure. Um, and, and, and that's not and that's not to say that that's what makes him a great player. But he's definitely respected in the realm of baseball. He won two championships in 1916 and 1918. Uh, didn't hit the 3,000 hit plateau. Had 2,873. Now, Hank Aaron had a 305, 305 career average, mm-hmm. 755 home runs, 2,297 RBIs. Ooh, that's first he had all time. 3,771 hits. Yes, and yes, did. first all time in home runs, 3771 hit, 25 all star selections, three consecutive gold gloves from 1958 to 1960. Man. He could flash that leather as well. Won the 1957 MVP award. Surprisingly, I think that was his only. Three in during that season, he had a 322 career average, 44 bombs, 132 RBIs. Yeah, and he only won one MVP. No idea, JB. And here's how I know why. But yeah, go ahead. Well, well, and you're that what you were about to say, I believe, is kind of how I'm going to trickle down to why Hank Aaron is number one on my list, and Babe Ruth is number two. Because although stats are comparable, Hank went from the Negro Leagues, not being able to play in the Major Leagues, to enduring hate from players and fans Mm -hmm. due to his race, right? 
extenuating circumstances that he had to overcome in the face, in his face and mind mentally daily, JB, he never broke. Never. And he endured most of it during the home run chase, right? When he was getting close to winning that record. And he took care of his body in, in ways that Babe Ruth didn't, you know, it, oh, just physically. And, you know, a lot of people like to say if Babe Ruth, you know, didn't have, this didn't happen to him physically, uh, he would have had more home runs. Okay. But are you taking into account uh, how he took care of his body? We're not, don't, you can't always look at an athlete as being a victim when they have injuries. There's some responsibility to be shared on their side as well if they're not doing what they need to do. Absolutely. And all of these reasons lead to why Hank Aaron's number one on my all-time right fielders list. Well, you know, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to pile on, actually. And, yeah, I mean, not to discredit the stats, but, you know, I kind of I put this out there before when we started our baseball list that, you know, if you played before integration, you know, I pretty much probably wasn't going to have him on my list because, yeah. um, you know, it's it's you're not playing against the whole population and, and there's so That's much, right. you know, and call me uh, whatever, like uh, uh. similar to J.J. Reddick talking about Bob Cousy. I mean, if, if, if I got imagine Hank Aaron facing pitchers that are up there throwing 75, 80 miles an hour, I'm pretty sure. Exactly. Um, Anyway, I'm not going to go down that Maybe. rabbit hole. But yeah. Hank Aaron's my number one. Um, played from 54 to 76. You you listed a lot, man. This guy, out of all the players on any of our lists, um, you know I'm about the stats. I think he actually has more than anybody else. Um, now, I'm not mm. saying that he's that automatically makes him the best player ever for any position. But, man, like he could just do everything. Um, yeah. He led the league in runs three times, hits twice, doubles, homers, and ribbies four different times, uh, batting average twice, slugging four times, and OPS three times. Mm-hmm. Then he also scored 100 runs 15 different seasons, over 150 hits 17, over 200 hits three times. I had no clue he was that good of an actual average hitter. Um, 30 doubles 10 times, 30 home runs 15 times, 40 home runs eight times. Oh, Lord. 100 ribbies 11 times. He also stole 20 bases in six different seasons. He hit a 300 average in 14 different seasons, and it was over 1,000 OPS in five seasons. Again, one MVP in 19, or I'm sorry, one MVP in all those years. Um, His 928 OPS is excellent. And so... (laughs) This is the longest stretch of anybody's prime of anybody on any one of my list. Willie Mays was was long. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was. But his was 19 years from 55 to 73 where really you didn't see any dips, any slides. And in that time to win one MVP is ludicrous. 19 years, he averaged 312 with 37 homers and 109 RBIs. For 19 years, you got that, right? He did and here's some of the seasons that he had. He had 319, 44 homers, and 130 ribbies. 322, 44 homers, 132 ribbies. 355, 39 homers, 123 ribbies. 323, 45 homers, 128 ribbies. How about 327 with 47 homers and 118? Like, I could keep going. So, yeah, for me, it, it wasn't even close 
for my number one on this list, um, the rest of them were what was tough for me. So, Hammer and Hank. JB. Yo. The stuff, and that concludes. That concludes the our outfielder yeah. segment. Hey, shout out to shout out to Tony Gwynn. Shout out to Tony yeah, Gwynn. Of course. You know, a couple of these guys, Al K line. There were some guys I I felt bad about, but yeah, that's it, man. That's all the baseball. Um, I've got a little bit more coming up here, but um, yeah, man, get yeah. me fired up. You know, I'm fired up talking about that right now. So uh, let's switch gears a little bit and. Uh, what we got next? JB, I'm going to bring up a sneaky important stat mm. uh, involving punting in the NFL. It's called target distance punted. Wow. When okay. A, when a punter is backed up against his own goal line, JB, we know that he is kicking for distance, right? He's sure. trying to boom it out of there. He wants the defense to start as far away from the said goal line as possible, as opposed to a pooch punt or a pin down punt where it's all about location, directional, Trying to get it out of bounds inside the 10, right? Mm -hmm. So gross and net punt yard average then becomes less valuable, a little bit more obsolete. That's where target distance punted comes into play, JB. By measuring how effective a punter delivers the distance expected in various field positions. It's not always as far as possible, right? The formula for open field punts is league average in open field situations over the course of the time period measured. For pin down punts, it's the difference between where the ball is kicked and the opposing 10 yard line. And mm. return yards are not included since target distance punted is designated to calculate only a punter's impact on field position. So that's kind of how you really measure punting. It's not so much about, you know, gross and net yards. You got to take into account the target distance punted by using these measurements. And it, it works, it works out. And wow. um, just pay attention to that stat a little bit more than you That's pay attention to just how far they kick it. Yeah, because, you know, they don't typically when they show punter stats, it's like, what's your average length kicked, right? That's, That's right. Stuff, That's man. right. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Well, just to calm me down a little bit, I didn't necessarily plan this, but it'll kind of work out. I'm going to give you a sneak important stat about uh, the game of golf. Um, something okay. we very rarely talk about outside of Tiger Woods on this show, but... I like to dabble a little bit, and every now and then we'll enjoy some golf. And um, let's do it. One saying that you that I've often heard is "drive for show and putt for dough," meaning that kind of alluding to putting really being the most important part um, of the game of golf. Well, okay. There's a little bit of some statistics that actually um, go against that. So, Denny McCarthy. Um, in the 2019-2020 season and the season after, uh, he led the tour in strokes gained from putting, um, meaning he gained an average of a certain amount of strokes versus everybody else each round, right? So he was the best, essentially the best putter on the tour. And that being said, in those two seasons, he finished ranked 111th and 73rd. Uh, and only managed six top tens in 51 tournaments. So, obviously, he's great. Anybody that's on the pro tour is great. But the mm -hmm. brilliant putting didn't necessarily translate into great results. So, there's a whole lot of experts. Um, 
on the golf network and, and they of course have different metrics and so what what they found is that it's not necessarily the putting but the short game so your your distance um you know after you drive it right, that right. second and third shot getting to the green and the amount of shots it takes to get to the green that are actually the ones that really um the best in the game are the best at those so pretty interesting i thought even though uh you know i'm not the most avid golfer but um if you're really looking for the best players it's going to be guys that uh from the driving to the from the tee box to the green and guys that do really well with uh their chipping around the green and getting close to no the doubt no doubt no that's good stuff jb mm-hmm. for my personal segment today jb I'm going to talk about functional versus strength training. As you get older as an athlete, you know, growing up, the need to be prepared for battle physically, it heightens, right? You have to make sure you're eating properly for maintenance and training in the proper manner to maximize and improve your physique, especially if you're going from the high school to the college to the pro level. A lot is being made about using more strength training techniques versus functional training. And I'm here to let everybody know that both should be mixed in frequently. JB, in strength Mm -hmm. training, you're targeting one muscle group, such as biceps or quads or hamstrings, and it allows you to quickly build mass. And that's important, you know, from the contracting and shortening of the muscle point of view. Functional training, on the other hand, JB, for example, would be box jumps, kettlebell swings, planks, dips, and push-ups. It aids in everyday functions in a more dynamic full body manner. Mm. So strength training, coming back to it, generally means more strength and muscle gains, calories burned versus functional training that results in improved bone density and overall fitness endurance with high intensity style training and allows you to mimic daily movements more uh, effectively. So you can see right there the differences between both and why they're both valuable. Right. They're both very much necessities, JB, for athletes and anyone hoping to maximize their fitness level. So ultimately, don't view strength or functional training. One or the other is being more important uh, than the other one. You need them all. You need them both. And as an athlete, you should be trying to uh, make sure you're doing a variety of exercise techniques, learning as much as you can. to, to try to build those, you know, slow twitch, those fast twitch muscle fibers and, and, and just build mass when you need to, going back and building more cardio. You need it all to maximize yourself as an athlete. So right. let's make sure we're not viewing one of those as being more important than others. Always got to challenge yourself. You're right. Got to. It's good stuff. Well, um, I want to tie a nice, neat little bow um, this week for my personal segment. Um, on my all-time my all-time major league team so i've got my lineup for you um, that i'd just like to share yeah let's see what this looks like so i got leading off at second base jackie robinson he's leading off for me in the two slot got center fielder willie mays Mm. batting third in left field got barry bonds at cleanup the first baseman and just uh, very recently 700 home run, run club hitter, hitter Albert Pujols batting fourth. There he is. Batting fifth at third base is Mike Schmidt. 
In right field, batting number six, which is crazy. He's batting six, Hank Aaron. Uh, wow. <laughs> batting seventh at shortstop, A-Rod. Catching and batting eighth, Johnny Bench. This is the guy that batted cleanup on the big red machine. And then my pitcher batting ninth would be Pedro Martinez. Now, of course, if we're playing nowadays, I get a DH, right? So I would have uh, old Teddy Ballgame, Ted Williams, as my DH in there if I if I got to throw him in. So that's my all-time all time, uh, Major League Baseball lineup. Juicy. It's just crazy to think hey, about. You know? I'm, I'm loving that lineup right there, man. Like, would they ever lose a game? One, 162 and 0? I probably. I think they would. <laughs> 12 runs a game. <laughs> 4 452 batting average. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes, crazy. Dang, JB. JB, what we got next, man? So, we're going to, we got a new segment here. You know, we typically, every show we end with a like name that player. And I think everybody kind of enjoys that. Hopefully you guys uh, play along with us when we do that. So that's a little segment we wanted to expound upon a little bit and do a little bit of a, you know, everybody likes trivia as well. So do a little athlete trivia. Um, So we're going to go back and forth and kind of share some facts about, um, you know, professional famous athletes and see if the other person can name them. How's that sound? Let's go. All right. Let me kick it off. Let's do it, JB. What you got? All right, this first guy on my list is a uh, former NFL quarterback, 6'4", 240. Uh, In his career, he threw for just shy of 24,000 passing yards. Um, Also ran for nearly 1,600 yards. Completion percentage is 60.8, 171 touchdowns to 83 picks. He was a four-time Pro Bowler, led the league in passing touchdowns, in 2014 and was also named NFL Comeback Player of the Year in 2018. 6'4", 240, originally born in Washington, D.C. <laughs> this this sounds like Andrew Luck, <laughs> It man. is. It's Andrew Luck. My, I had to try to, dude, try to make it a little <laughs> hard for you. My dude, Andrew Luck, man. I loved Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. One of my favorite QBs of all time, man. I wish he was still playing. Oh, All right. Man. Yep. This player barely missed out on both of our top five right fielders of all time list. He won 10 gold gloves, which means he was obviously known for his strong arm. He's a part of the 3000 hit club, and he was nicknamed Mr. Tiger. Al Kaline. That's right. Yeah. Al Kaline. That's a good one, man. Dang, I wish I'd have thought to do that because I could have had. Oh, <laughs> man, I could have done Tony Gwynn and Larry Walker. Okay, well, you know it's not. I, I want to stick with baseball, though. I got a baseball one. All right. All right. Uh, this former baseball left fielder, originally born in 1965, he played for quite a few teams over his over the years. Um, career batting average of 242, 355 homers, and just shy of 1,100 RBIs. He was a four-time All-Star and Silver Slugger winner in 1998. And he's actually a part of the Milwaukee Brewers Wall of Honor. Um, He started off his career in 1989 for the Brewers, played a short time with the Padres, and then one fun year with the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, that's Greg Vaughn. Yeah, there you go. 
Greg Vaughn, man, with that Monster. with that lineup, that 1999 Reds team, that lineup was already stout. And then you had to face Greg Vaughn. Monster. You knew he was coming up in cleanup, and you knew Greg Vaughn was looking to do one thing. Yeah. <laughs> mash. Just mash. Deposit. Mm-hmm. Man, I loved Greg Vaughn, man, that one season. I didn't like him after that or before that, <laughs> but I like him that one season, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm kidding, man. I always like Greg Vaughn. All right. Former college basketball player slash coach who played for UCLA from 1956 to 1958 and while as a coach had a 675 and 295 record as a head coach. Crazy. He coached his team to two NCAA titles in 1980 and 1986, and he also went to six Final Fours. He was the Louisville Cardinals basketball coach from 1971 to 2001. JB, wow. who am I talking about? Denny Crum. Denny Crum. Yes, wow. sir, man. Incredible coach, man. I didn't know he played. I didn't know playing staff. Yeah, man. He's from, the, he's, he's from the West Coast. From the West Coast. Played for US, UCLA. Wow. Years. Well, we're going to finish it off with the other major sport. And uh, that would be the NBA. So, this guy... Uh... His career averages were nine point, just shy of ten points a game, um, and just over five assists a game. So he was a point guard. Played from '85 to '98. He was drafted in '85 in the fourth round. Man, they had a lot of rounds back then. Um, selected overall, or, or selected in the goodness gracious, selected originally by the Detroit Pistons, actually. But that's not where he was most known. Um, he was actually known for most as being an Atlanta Hawk mm. and also known for winning a slam dunk contest while being one of the shortest players in NBA history. He also played oh. what talking, talking about Spud, Spud Webb. There you go. The Five six Spud, North Carolina Webb. State. I was gonna get to that one, but yep, five six when the slam dunk. Like, come on, how's that when even? Spud, when Spud used to be in the air, man, it looked like he was flying. Yeah, he was so far from the ground. <laughs> That's crazy. He he was just so far from yeah. the ground, man. So nuts. Goodness gracious! All right, JB, I got one more. Current NBA player who is very underweight, underrated. Always lived in the shadows of his former backcourt teammate. Career average of almost 20 points a game. Career three-point percentage just under 40%. I think I Recently know signed a two-year, $64 million contract extension with the Pels. Who mm -hmm. is it, JB? CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum I, of I feel like Lehigh. I knew it when you said was in the shadows. Like, I don't know why I just yeah. thought of him. Yeah, you're Same, right. Man. Very underrated player. Very, very Gonna be a dog down you know, there in New Orleans and, and next that, season. That might have been an underrated segment. I mean, we might just have to definitely. That, that's I like fun. that. I think, one. Every, I think people enjoy that stuff. So, well, an, another underrated segment, JB, is the one that we love and everybody loves. Sports dichotomy. Yes, sir. It is back. We're gonna ask each other dichotomous yes or no questions. And we're gonna give each other simple answers, and we're gonna blow through it and have a great time while doing so. That Play along are. with us, please. Yes. Please answer the questions yourself. Yep. Hopefully, you get them. Uh, Hopefully you're actually uh, different from us because yeah. we don't uh, we want diversity out here. We Absolutely. love that. Absolutely. All right. All right, JB. Kick it off, you know. The Bengals sack issues over the first couple weeks of the season 
but more about Joe Burrow holding onto the ball too long versus old line issues. Yeah, probably. No preseason. Yeah. Frank Reich will be fired midseason due to the Colts' poor play. <sighs> we beat Kansas City. That probably bought him a good 12 more weeks. So I'm going to say no. <laughs> If, if Zion is healthy, the Pelicans will finish top four in the West. Yes. Maybe even without wow. Um Wow. Suns owner Robert Sarver originally suspended one year and fined $10 million and is now selling the team. That is a good thing. Yes. Middle Tennessee State thrashing the Hurricanes means that Miami cannot and should not start next season ranked. Absolutely. Aaron Judge <clears throat> leads the American League in runs scored, home runs, RBI, average, slugging percentage, on-base percentage, OPS, and also has 16 stolen bases. This might be the best single season of all time hitting. Yes. Tua Tagovailoa is in the MVP conversation and will be in the conversation when the season ends. Ooh. No. Okay. The remake of The Karate Kid starring Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith is better than the original. Uh, no. <laughs> N.O. will be on the edge of his seat watching Mariners playoff games as if it were the Reds playing. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Right. Seattle, Shout out to Jesse Winker, man. Yeah, man. And uh, Castillo, four-year deal. Come on, man. Four That's right. Good for them. Seattle Seahawks. Hey, you Hanio. Hey, My bad. My yeah, bad. Go ahead, did. man. Uh, speaking of Seattle, the Seahawks fans are absolute clowns for booing Russell Wilson on his return to Seattle. They should have all put a red nose on. <laughs> yes. College football's targeting call needs to be thrown out and burned forever. Yes. No is not surprised that nothing has really changed at all in the baseball standings since we did our early postseason MLB segment. Of course not. Albert Pujols' uninspiring decade on the LA Angels makes a lot of this fair world well tour seem artificial. Uh, yeah, kind of. Um. Jameis Winston stealing crab legs got more media attention than Brett Favre embezzling $5 million. This makes sense. Absolutely not. And we're <laughs> going to talk about this here in a little bit. Tennessee Vols or Kentucky Wildcat football will win the SEC East over Georgia. No way. Uh, the record for most goals scored in any top flight European league in one season is 50 by Lionel Messi for Barcelona. Erling Haaland has 10 through six games with 32 remaining and will break that record this year. Yeah, that's a, I'm gonna say no, that's a lot. Okay. Nick Castellanos will lead the Phillies to a playoff series win. No. <laughs> Jalen Hurts had to leave Bama to get to play, wasn't drafted early, and people still questioned his ability. Yet this year he will be in the MVP conversation all year. Yeah, he got to prove it to me. I'm going to say no. <laughs> After seeing all these early college football upsets, 
there may actually be another surprise team in the college football playoffs. Yeah, I think there might. Uh, Joey Votto, out for the remainder of the season injured, recently attended a home Reds game as a fan, chatted with fans, hung out with kids, signed autographs. Is this the coolest thing ever? Yeah. It's Joey Votto. Yeah. All right, JP. My last one. Ime Udoka's season-long suspension was was warranted. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's messed up. I'm going to say it exactly as I had it written. Ime Udoka suspended for a year for sleeping with subordinates is fair. I'm actually going to say I'm actually going to say no. Okay. Okay. My question yeah, will be yeah. is the subordinates going to get the same punchment? Ah, now you thinking mm, like I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, you know. Exactly. Just to elaborate. I did have one more. I don't know if exactly. I miscounted this time, but it's funny cuz you also said something. Man, we don't plan this stuff, guys. We don't I do said it, that NO is excited to see his boys out west playing some postseason baseball. <laughs> hey, of course. <laughs> It's gonna right. it's gonna make me interested in the playoffs, man. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, might not have been. We got guys in San Diego. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mets. New York Mets. All over. We the got place. them all over the place. You it's know, the Cincinnati Reds in the NCAA in uh, MLB playoffs yeah. in many different ways that we didn't even consider them being. Exactly. Bless. Maybe blessings in disguise. We got more. Teams. Maybe blessings in disguise, man. Good stuff, man. All right, JB. It's time for JB's justos, justies, justifications. <laughs> JB I'm going to ask JB a personal question and since we've already done athlete trivia I'm not going to ask him uh, name the athlete today but I will be finishing it off by asking JB uh, giving him a situation to kind of justify choose a side on and actually I'm going to give JB a minute and 20 today since we're not doing since we're not doing it he actually may need that extra time because it's a a big issue we're going to talk about but Uh first okay Let's do the personal question. We're going to keep it uh, nice and fun with the personal question. What does JB want more than anything during this upcoming holiday season? It could be tangible. It could be like love-wise, family-wise. What do you want more than anything? Man, that's easy. Uh, I want to have family here, you know, be able to spend time with family. Okay. Because it's, you know, it's hard being, uh, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you can relate, um, you know, being down here. And we've only been here for a short time. Um, you know, you miss you miss the quality time and getting to spend time with people, and of course. so yeah, that would be certainly top of the list. Appreciate that, my brother. I yes, love sir. it, and uh, hopefully we can get down there for the holiday season and uh, be able to share that with you. All right, JB. All right, what we got? I'm got nervous. a minute. I'm nervous. We're gonna put. We actually gonna put a minute thirty on the clock so JB okay. can get out all that he wants to say about this. Former Mississippi Governor Phil Bryant told Brett Favre that the misuse of (laughs) state welfare funds could be illegal while Favre was kind of pushing for a new volleyball 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 facility at the University of Southern Miss and requesting one point eight to two million dollars for that. We found out that ultimately. 77 million at least in welfare funds went missing or was misspent stolen in the state's largest case of public fraud jb i want you to justify 
whether or not this story should be getting more publicity on more major sports outlets such as ESPN, ABC, and Fox, and whether you're whether or not you think Brett Favre's involvement is being swept under the rug. So should it be getting more publicity in regards to Brett Favre on sports outlets and whether his involvement is being swept under the rug? Okay? I'm ready. Yes, sir. Got, got a minute 30 to justify and uh, however you feel about it, and you can start now. It's a resounding yes. Uh <laughs> He should obviously, this should be getting blown up and we all know why it's not. It's because it's Brett Favre and he's a beloved former white athlete. Um, You know, what's funny is even if you look at his history going back to when he was playing, he had uh, uh, multiple scandals with reporters and other players. and, And that was not even really given a whole lot of publicity because of who he is. Yet on the flip side of it, we have, as I alluded to earlier, Jameis Winston, who was a hungry, hungry college kid and stole a bite to eat, and Uh-oh. he's demonized, right? This guy is an entitled, rich, white man and, and essentially 45? stole millions of dollars from the poorest state in the nation that can't afford to have any money stolen from it. And you're worried about a... a volleyball center or some such. 30 like, seconds dude you're a multi you've made a hundred million bucks like buy it yourself yeah. brett Favre should be at minimum on trial um for what you know i don't know all the specifics but sounds to me like he should be in jail Th- i'm just thinking back to you know how we demonize yeah. athletes like t- and, and i'm, and I'm uh-huh. stealing a little bit from um what i saw shannon sharp talk about but you know yeah. terrell Five owens seconds. who never did anything wrong was just outspoken in, in a character was demonized, yeah. demonized. and we have this go guy. Go ahead and finish. Go ahead and finish. You know, up, we have this guy who, who has been a clown essentially. Of course, of um, course. And nobody talks about it. And yeah, it's getting some run now on social media. But as as you alluded to in the question, it's not talked about nationally. I guarantee you that if if people aren't on social media, they they haven't heard about it. Um, no doubt, you, you know, no they're doubt. not talking about it on the major outlets and it's a shame you know yeah and you made it you you actually presented a great point in there jb i love the, the insight you gave his net worth right now is actually 110 million and he still has a monthly he still has a monthly income of a hundred of one million per month so this is money that he could have made with a, just a little bit of work and given his yeah. name right with philanthropy with you know just doing a little bit of work he could have made this money Mm -hmm. but no he wanted the free pass he just wanted the easy road to to stealing money that like you said like alluded to other people need yeah this is money that other people poor families need it's the epitome of entitlement entitlement greed yeah just expecting it because of who i am you know, and unfortunately, there's a lot of that um, that's just throughout our society. Society, um, a lot. It of- really is. We we live in a society nowadays where uh, you don't have to take accountability mm-hmm. if you have the right people on your side. Yeah. Point blank. Period, man. Yeah. And and it really just goes to show you how right and wrong has suddenly become subjective in our society. It's not mm-hmm. objective anymore. It's subjective. Yep. You know, some people are gonna say it's okay, and it, it it's made our society quite scary to live in that this can be swept under the rug yep. and other people who haven't done 
anything near what he did uh, in terms of uh, <laughs> things that actually hurt society. Right. Or incomparable other people. Yep. or other people. And they they're being viewed as being much worse of a person than he is and yep. just being looked at the way they are. Man, it's crazy. Oh, man. We could talk about this all day, JB, yeah, but man. let's go ahead and end it out, man. <laughs> right, it was well, a good one. Solid yeah, episode. Good to end on a little bit of passion. Nothing wrong about that. Um, no doubt, man. No doubt. And, yeah, we hope we hope you guys enjoy. Uh, as always, give us a little feedback. If you like the new segments, of course, you know, share insight. If you guys agree, disagree with some of our, uh, our thoughts and our, our selections on our top fives, we'll be coming at you with a whole new – top five don't worry that's not going anywhere um of course so we'll be back and uh again hit us up email is no.jb.sportspedigree at gmail.com yes and, sir uh, follow us on the tiktok the youtube all that stuff well, we appreciate you all righty yeah have a good one sports pedigree on deck who's batting in no njb is what's happening coverage of the nba present and past you probably want to listen to facts we never mask alas we don't hold back articulating them sneaky important stats and trivia shows that the subject matter is well-rounded like a ball is i see the referee i'm wondering what the call is communicate the pick i'm going top side illuminate that list giving you my top five acknowledging who's great now your list may have a couple different names but really there's no debate wait passion gotta be smooth on the lookout for sports dichotomy tools getting views sounds nice but the vision is deep because in knowing jb will never put you to sleep originality is the key we pick locks with open up no nose has been concocted the segments are personal too because a sports podcast without opinion surely no value <laughs> we gotta be great requesting no favors world cup you wait for tennis majors nfl trades and baseball pastime consistent on the mic we don't get no halftime <laughs>